Hello, my name is Christopher Monroe, and welcome to the Soundtrack to a Life. And welcome back once again to the Soundtrack to a Life. I am Chris, with me is Daniel once again. And Daniel and I are talking about Carly Rae Jepsen's 2015 album, Emotion. Daniel, tell me about your relationship with this piece of music. How did this come into your life? I'm not entirely sure. It's a kind of a weird, long process that got me to actually listen to pop music, because I have historically not. A couple of years back, a friend and I decided that we would try to go through we would try to go through the the top fifty best records list, uh, and we chose Spin Magazine for some reason, probably because it was the least terrible list we could find, unlike Rolling Stone, which was absolute garbage. Shots fired. Yeah, their uh, their year end lists are clearly designed for people who are thirty years older than me. I don't think anybody else thought that a new Madonna record belonged on any list that anybody should ever listen to. God. But this showed up on a bunch of lists that we had looked at for, I guess, 2016, you said? Uh, 2015. 2015, yeah. So showed up on a bunch of lists at the beginning of 2016. Very highly recommended, which both of us thought was kind of odd because our only previous exposure to Carly Rae Jepsen was probably the same as everybody else's, which was Call Me Maybe, and I stand by that that is not a good song. We didn't end up completing the whole list, but I did end up listening to this mostly out of sheer curiosity, I think, and because a bunch of other people had expressed a surprising amount of love for it, and I ended up actually kind of enjoying it and then went away from it for a while and then went back to it and discovered that I still enjoyed it and so the last time that I was on we had been talking about pop music and you had mentioned your completely non-ironic love of Kesha I like me some Kesha whose latest album I have also ended up listening to subsequent to that and quite enjoyed and would highly recommend to anybody out there listening. Kesha holds it down. Yeah, really good pop album. But I, I had mentioned that I quite enjoyed this, and we had, we had then talked about it, that if I came back, I would make you listen to Carly Rae Jepsen, as you had made me listen to Ska. That only seems fair. And hopefully your results with this were better than mine were with Madness. <laughs> <laughs> but if they weren't, I will totally understand. Fair. Well... Obviously, this is not my first exposure to Carly Rae Jepsen. Like everyone on Earth, I am familiar with Call Me Maybe. Call Me Maybe was everywhere and everyone... Virtually impossible to escape. Yeah. But I hadn't given her a lot of thought beyond that, because Call Me Maybe didn't feel like the kind of song where you need... To, to listen to anything else? Yeah. yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Call Me Maybe's great. I will not need to 
learn this performer's name. Yeah. Frankly. Which is a shame because this is... And don't get me wrong, I crushed Call Me Maybe at a karaoke bar more than once. I can personally confirm that is true. It's a shame because this is the sort of record that does deserve a lot more attention than I think it got. It feels like she's trying to pull off an early 2000s Kylie Minogue move, where she moves from her ubiquitous kind of dumb hits to a more sophisticated but still undeniably pop sound in an attempt to attract the attention to a pop radio album of the sort of people who think that they're too good for a pop radio album. Hello! Yeah, and it does work. Like, this uh, this whole record sounds very lush and warm. There's a lot of attention to detail here. Uh, it doesn't just bludgeon you with earworms. It's the kind of thing that you can really sink into and spend some time with and unpack over the course of repeated listens, which I did not see coming. No, and neither did I. I, I expected very much a singles album with a ton of filler and was very pleasantly surprised when that was not what I ended up getting. There are very clearly pop singles on it, but the filler doesn't feel quite as thrown in as I think I was expecting. It is definitely a more developed sound than I would have ever given it credit for. Yeah, which in 2018, a pop record has to be, I think. In 1997, when music was consumed as a physical object that you had to travel to a place and purchase, a pop performer could put out a killer tune with an awesome groove, and then a lesser tune with a serviceable groove, and 10 or 12 others. And by the time you got it home, they have your $16. It's too late. There's no going back yeah. now. But today, if a performer wants to hold your attention, there needs to be that kind of through line? I think that's partially true. Yeah. I, th I think the singles market definitely still exists, especially now that you can purchase tracks separately. And I think a lot of artists make a ton of money off of doing nothing but singles. Oh, absolutely. But I, I think their longevity is probably limited a bit more by that. Yeah. If you want to hold somebody's attention for longer than three minutes, you have to be producing something that actually does that. I'm not going to put on a CD to listen to one song and then leave it playing because now I'm cooking garlic toast and I don't want to go over there. I can jump to any piece of music that I want, and the impetus is on a pop singer to keep your attention. Yeah, and I was very surprised at how successful this was at doing that. I mean, as far as this sort of jump for a bubblegum pop performer, and this is absolutely confectionery. 100%. But I'm a grown-ass man, and if I want candy for dinner, I'm going to have it. <laughs> yes. Uh, in terms of this kind of transition for a pop singer, Kylie is already being Kylie, but I have room in my heart for two singers occupying this emotional space. Totally. This is also... All of Run Away With Me is delightful. But this record is trying, I think, to be a synth record by an alternative band in 1983. Okay, I can see that. In a way that really works for me, because... It is, it is very synth-heavy, and I can 
absolutely understand why that works for you. Yeah, yeah. There are so many synth records on the master list for this podcast that I send out to people from that era. There was never any doubt that when the opening uh, chords played, I was okay, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Let's see what we got. It's got, like, not a Depeche Mode-type synth band, but, like, a lighter, more Duran Duran-y, almost Miami sound machine-y yeah. vibe to it. Definitely. Uh, which is delightful. I'd like the trend in popular music to just pick a decade that you would have liked to have made music in. And just really run with it. Yeah, make that music anyway. Who cares? I think part of what I really liked about it is that it's more musical. It is not heavily beat-based pop music, which I don't find interesting, but there is actually... There is a lot more musicality here, I think, than a lot of other pop records, especially in 2018. That is very much the case, yeah. like It's almost got like a sophisticated melody-forward kind of vibe to it, whereas so much of what's on the radio is interesting beats and polyrhythms, but the chorus is one word repeated, so that when you hear it at a club, you can sing along by the second chorus. Which, if you're at a club... There's a time and a place that's for That's useful. Though I am past the point in my life uh, where that is appealing directly to me. Absolutely. Although I'm too uh, old for that nonsense. Yes. Another artist doing the same throwbacky vibe, and I don't know that I would see him on tour, but I think I would see these two on tour together. Bruno Mars has carved himself a very yeah, comfortable he... position in that it is currently 1983, by the way. I was listening to something else the other day, and they were discussing him, and what they said about Bruno Mars was that he is very clearly trying to replicate a Michael Jackson sound, but that's okay because he is so very good at it, and I feel like this has a very similar thing. It is very clearly trying to replicate... It's not trying to do anything new, but what it's doing, it's doing well enough that you don't care. And I agree. I think a Bruno Mars, Carly Rae Jepsen tour would do very, very well. Yeah, and then decorate the venues like it's 1982. Yeah. If I saw, yeah, if I knew somebody who had never heard of Bruno Mars, and I gave them that record and said, it's a little-known Minneapolis band from the 80s. They opened for Prince briefly. Yeah, you could pass that off. Yeah, they'd buy it. I was surprised I really, 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 really like you. I did not know that that one was Carly Rae Jepsen. I didn't initially either. Mind you, it it is very much one of those songs that you would hear on the radio and also go, I don't really need to know who this is. It is, I think, probably the closest the album gets to Call Me Maybe. Yeah, it's, it's her attempt at a pop single. And, I mean, I heard it at work enough that I'm familiar with it. So it is a successful pop single. Yeah. We are not the people listening to pop radio, and yet we know how this song goes. That's market saturation for a song of that style. Absolutely. It is obnoxiously catchy, though. Oh, yeah, no, it sticks with you. Uh, like, it, like it is absolutely meant to. It is very successful in that regard, as are several other tracks on this album. Pop is built as a collection of earworms now, rather than songs, and this record doesn't escape that. It is still a pop record that came out in 2015. It builds on that. Yes. It is the things about pop that you know already. It just also is more things. 
there's definitely more layered on top of it, for sure. The structure is a very familiar pop structure. I was really impressed by her. There's a really earnest, yearning sort of vocal performance here, and I found that really fun to listen through. Often people trying to do this kind of throwback, sophisti-pop type thing, keep it at arm's length, and that can be very charming, and I like Gold Frapp, and I love Lady Tron, and that's often a successful thing. But here Carly Rae is 100% on board with the material that she's doing in a very sincere way that I find very affecting. Definitely. It's definitely very honestly performed, and I think that comes across and also helps to separate it a bit from what I would normally associate with pop music, which is somebody singing somebody else's words and not necessarily with convincing emotion. I don't know for certain if Carly Rae Jepsen writes all of her own material um, or not. I believe that she does with collaborators. Sure. That she is in charge of choosing. That makes sense. Yeah. But it definitely, it definitely doesn't feel like as much like the songs have been workshopped, I guess. Yeah, and there's also not that layer of irony. She's a pop performer that is trying to do genuinely interesting things with sounds outside of what the genre calls for right now. Or she is an alternative synth performer singing with just open, naked, yearning sincerity. And both of those things are unusual, and I think she's wedded them together. Here. Yeah, it definitely works very well in that regard. Yeah, for example, Give Me Love, any amount of distance from the material would have ruined it. Like, she had to run straight at it yeah, and then that, hit it as hard as she could. That is like a straight-up 80s-synth ballad, oh. and that could be done very poorly if you're not just committed to the bit. Yeah, you have to get in as hard as you can. Yeah, you have to be very certain about what it is and what you're doing and actually be honest about that and not trying to play that up at all. I think if you gave that same song to... Who else does? Oh, uh, if you gave that song to Miley Cyrus... That would be It would be unbearable. That would, yeah, that would be an unspeakable... Because there would be nothing that would feel genuine about it. But even uh, if you gave it to somebody like an Ariana Grande, she would sing it very well, but you wouldn't believe it from her. Yeah, I don't think I would care. Yeah, and you wouldn't be able to put your finger exactly on why. Yeah. Like, it, if, it if would, you heard it, that, what do you think of it? But it, I don't care for it. Why? Is she singing it badly? No, she's no, singing it great. It's fine. She's doing it great. It's just... Eh? It just doesn't, it wouldn't feel like anything. It would sound musically appreciable, but probably kind of hollow. And that quality is missing from a lot of pure pop performers today, I think. Which yeah. is a shame. Yeah. Say what you will about, a, again, and because it is such a kind of 80s sounding record, say what you will about how cheesy some of that can sound if you really take it apart. It does sound genuine to the performer. If you deconstruct 80s Madonna, on paper it looks kind of silly, but she very clearly believes everything that she's doing. I think that's why when she tried her comeback, it failed pretty terribly. It was her doing something that was very, very vacant. There was no substance to it whatsoever. That's the stages of Madonna. There's uh, 
the time where she was truly and genuinely expressing herself, the time when she was ahead of her time, the time when she was timely, the time when she was trying to be timely, and then the time when she was just trying to make a bunch of money. I mean, I'm sure she made a bunch of money. To be fair, I'm sure she made a bunch of money through that entire period. Yeah, like, she... through all of that. I feel like Madonna's doing okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not too worried about her. And real talk, I don't think I've listened to a Madonna song since her one with Justin Timberlake about having four minutes to save the world. But if she announced for Edmonton tomorrow, I'd seriously consider booking a three-day to drive up there. <laughs> <laughs> like, that feels like a show. I'm still gonna go. It's not enough of my bag for me to go to, but I can... It's... It's one of those things that I can definitely appreciate why people do. I will see video of it and go, oh yeah, nope, that's like a prayer. I totally get why someone would want to go and see that live. Yeah, she put out several of the most important female pop songs of ever. Ever, yeah. Like, who is going to compete? Who else is putting out female-led pop songs of that quality? Blondie. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson, yeah, that's absolutely true. I think Madonna and Janet Jackson are your two big names. Yeah. Cher. Yeah, that's true. Cher keeps on going. Cher will outlive us all. Somehow. Through the just miracle of spite and science. Man. Is Cher full of spite? I don't know. If you have experienced any of Cher on Twitter in the last couple of years... I have not. Is she a bubbling cauldron of rage that I don't know about? Uh, yes. Is Cher I... going to put on a Riot Girl record next year? If she did, it would not surprise me even a little bit, and I would probably listen to it. Oh, I'm gonna buy it um, twice. Cher has very clearly run out of fucks to give. Yeah! And she will pop up on my Twitter feed every once in a blue moon. I will be pleasantly surprised. Do it, Cher. We are with you. You don't have to prove anything to anyone. Yeah, now's the time for it. Go be as angry and just... Full of piss and vinegar as you always wanted to be. But for real, if Cher borrows a punk band somewhere and then puts out a Riot Girl record, my Christmas shopping is done. Yeah. We may have to come back and talk about that later if it ever happens. <laughs> Alright, I gotta go look into Cher. Mental note. Follow her on Twitter. Remember that she exists when she's not specifically being talked about by me right now. Maybe suggest that she needs to put out a Riot Girl record. I'm sure that she listens to every single thing that randos tell her. It's worth a shot. It is. But unfortunately, the point of your life where you no longer have to give a fuck what anybody else thinks <laughs> means that you're not taking suggestions from randos on Twitter. Certainly not about your musical career, of which you have been successful for several decades. I, I promise you, I know how to be share. Yeah. <laughs> Things on which I am not qualified to speak, how to yeah. be share. Yeah. Whereas share has done a great job of being share. And then at varying times, a terrible job of being Cher. But still always a better job than I have. Cher at her worst is still better at being Cher than I ever will be. Right? I also have never made a significant portion of my income as a Cher impersonator. I blame the fact that I do not have an identical twin. We could have done it together. As Cher and Cher alike. I'm angry at you right now. As well you should be. I deserve that. Uh... So you pulled this off a year-end list... Yeah. From, uh, what, Spin Magazine, did you say? Yeah, the, the list we ultimately went with was Spin, but we'd looked through a number and it, show, it showed up on, if not all of them, a significant portion. It was a very 
critically well-received record. I am no longer in a place where I have a great deal of exposure to popular radio, so I don't know how it did as far as airplay goes. Dramatically less than Call Me Maybe. But for any failings that it had there, it certainly made up for in critical acclaim. It was high up on a bunch of lists, which... <clears throat> Again, is what I found surprising and what I think ultimately made me listen to the record. Yeah. She put out something that was smart and interesting and unique. And compared to her previous one, it did not do as well. And that is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> well, I mean, I can understand why it might not have gotten quite the radio play because it is definitely a record that benefits from a more in-depth listen than I think pop radio allows. Now that I've looked it up, it was ranked 22nd uh, on the Spin Top 50 albums of 2015. So that's pretty good. That's quite high. And was definitely a better record, at least in my opinion, than several of the records that were ranked higher. Although, that's largely personal opinion, and, you know. All music is. All art is. So is Spin your music mag of choice, or do you not have a music mag of choice? I don't, but it is my go-to best of at the end of the year, because I think it does the best job of kind of providing a broad scope of the best of music. I had earlier complained about Rolling Stone, and I found Rolling Stone's list... Definitely skewed towards a demographic that is not me. Like I said, there was a Madonna album on one year and a, I believe it was a Bob Dylan album on another year, and neither of those are... Okay, two things. <laughs> was that year 1989? It was not. Okay, then Madonna probably didn't. Second, Bob Dylan's on point, yo. Fair. I may... Have you listened to records by elderly Bob Dylan? I have not. Am I missing out on something? You're kind of missing out on something. Okay. I Picture will, Bob Dylan. I'll, I'll take that into consideration. Picture Bob Dylan, and he's already Bob Dylan. Okay. And now there's literally no reason for him to give a fuck. And right. he can win a Nobel Prize and then blow it off. Right. Now take that attitude and I put it on the record. I that. Okay. All right. Maybe I have yeah. spoken too soon on Bob Dylan. It's the audio equivalent of Bob Dylan, who comes to Alberta and plays in Red Deer. <laughs> but neither Calgary nor Edmonton, because Red Deer probably doesn't get that many shows. He has become his truest self as he's aged. All right. I just kind of assumed he may have gone the way of Neil Young, and nobody should ever go the way of elderly Neil Young. Oh, is elderly Neil Young not good? Oh, boy. That is um, disheartening. Yeah, it's bad. I can send you something to put in the show links for this that will just really ruin people's days. I'll watch it and then feel very sad. Yeah, probably. But yeah, I found Rolling Stone skewed too far one direction. I found Pitchfork skewed way too kind of up-your-own-ass indie music, which... I typically enjoy, Yeah, there is a point where things are too pitchfork even for me. Fair. That's um, when you gotta jump to stereo gum. And then there were, there were a couple of other lists that I just can't recall off the top of my head, but we found that Spin kind of gave the best overall. You got a lot of pop records, you got a lot of hip-hop records. There were a couple of 
Excellent, excellent metal records. Actually, on the same the same year, the 2015 list was one of my favorite black metal albums in probably 10 years. Was also on that list, so real broad kind of scope. So it gave us a lot to work with. Nice. And so at the end of every year, I'll pull up their best of list and kind of go through and pick some things out. And it's uh, it's been pretty reliable. It's given me a couple of solid recommendations every year for the past three or four years. Solid. I should do that. I think that'd be a fun project. Yeah, go through the past couple yeah. years of spin top fifty in, or wait until uh, wait until next year when they do the top fifty for this year, and then do it as like bonus content or something. Excellent. Mental note. Uh... Do that? Yep. <laughs> Basically. Remember to do that come January when the lists come out. Actually, the the list for 2000... I haven't looked at the list for 2017 yet. I was too busy dealing with a broken leg, so I should actually get on that, because I probably missed a good deal of content. Yeah, that's almost certainly true. Good music comes out every single year. Yeah. We broke the manner by which music is distributed, but we didn't break music itself. Yeah. Note to self to go do that when I uh, when I finish up here. And yeah, it makes sense that this would wind up on a top 50 albums list for the year that it comes out, rather than conquering the world, call me maybe style. Because this does hang together in a way that a record almost never does in this style of music. And every song has an energy and an enthusiasm about it. I appreciated the fact that this record is obviously emotionally important to Carly Rae, but in a fun way. It's Usually when an album is, this is an emotionally important record where I try to work through some stuff, I'm going to wind up respecting it more than I enjoy it. I mean, last year was the year that we broke English-speaking pop. Kesha came back. Right. With an angry ballad. Yep. And then we had to search the non-English-speaking world for a song of the summer because literally no one was willing to put out one song that sounds fun to listen to. Is that how we got Despacito? I think that's how we got Despacito. I'm very out of touch with pop music. I just thought that... It was kind of bleak last year. Well, it was a, it was a rough year. Sure. But also, you have a job. You're making the songs that make us happier when things suck. Pop music make really let people down last year, didn't it? That's what I'm saying. And I mean, it would take someone with just the complete absence of knowledge of world events like Justin Bieber to kind of pass right over that without it affecting him in any kind of fashion. I guarantee that man has no opinions on the 2016 election other than it happened. I mean, yeah. I cut Bieber some slack, though. Like, I was terrible at 14. YouTube didn't exist. Yeah. But, like, if you dropped $100 million on me and then 14 people telling me every single word that came out of my mouth was pure genius? Oh, I'd also be intolerable. That's what I'm saying. Like, given the sort of bubble that he's grown up in, he's doing all right. But I'd also understand if, when I was an intolerable 22-year-old, someone who was 34 years old and had no time for my shit didn't like me. Yeah, that's legit. That's I legit. I get it. And he guaranteed doesn't care what you think of him. 
No, he is way too rich and too vacant to care about anything yeah, that I think about. He's doing fine. Being Justin Bieber yeah. will support him for the rest of his life and get him constantly late. That bums me out. Everything he could possibly want in this life, he has. God. Begrudge no man happiness. Life is too short. I'm going to begrudge him a little bit. No, just, just a little bit. Like, I won't go so far as to wish ill on him, but... A little bit of begrudging is not going to hurt. Yeah, that seems fair. That seems fair. Sometimes you gotta. I don't need to call for his head, but I, I can be a little bit cranky that he's richer than I am. Yep. He's so much richer than you are. You don't even know. You can't even begin to imagine how much richer than you are he is. I feel like it wouldn't do me any favors to try to think about it. He could buy and sell you a thousand times and not even notice the money was gone. God! <laughs> <laughs> We do have fun. <laughs> fun. So here's what made me really mad listening to this record. You suggested it to me, and then I listened to it, and I sent you some madness to listen to. And then you broke your foot, and we had to reschedule for when you were like a mobile human being that was capable of going places and doing things and forming coherent thoughts. All without of which took some recovery. Yeah. yeah. And then prepping... Today, for you to arrive, I listened to it again. And between the first time that I listened to this record and the time that I listened to it today, Justin Timberlake released the single Filthy. I have not heard it. How bad is it? He starts by yelling, do you know what's good? And then proceeds to demonstrate... Things that are he not? Would like, he would like an answer. Okay. What you gonna do with all that meat? Fix you up a mean serving is one of the lines that makes zero sense. In the video, he's dressed like Steve Jobs, uh, manipulating the actions of a dance robot that he's built. It is, and this is as someone who has enjoyed Justin Timberlake on several occasions in my lifetime, worse than Look What You Made Me Do by Taylor Swift. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's a really impressive miscalculation on behalf of an artist who is not known for miscalculating. Who should know better? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I can adequately put into words the look of confusion that I imagine is on my face. He spent most of his post-NSYNC career moving from strength to strength to strength, building a narrative in which he was one of the formative pop singers of a generation. This is not the next step in that narrative. So he just kind of went and threw that I, all away, huh? I guess. I was shocked. Anyway... It's all over the radio right now. I'm, I'm gonna, and, I'm gonna, and this Carly Rae Jefferson record is kind not. of tanked. I'm going to regret when I inevitably go home and look that song up and hate myself, aren't I? Mm. Man of the Woods is not a good record. Filthy is not a good song. I did not see him perform at the Super Bowl and have no opinion on that. I saw a picture of his very stupid-looking shirt, and that was Legit. the sum total of my exposure to his halftime show, as I was doing something better during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Justin Timberlake fans, feel free to tell me what Justin Timberlake song you think Filthy is better than. I, I, I'm sure... <laughs> that seems fair. That seems like a fair challenge. I'm right? sure that if one's going to blow you can, up your mentions. If you can pick one song by him that you like less, <laughs> I will take back my point. With and the caveat, it cannot also be from Man of the Woods. Oh, that's probably true. That's probably true. I imagine there are worse songs than the single on that record. 
I mean, presumably. But because he is not a record artist. He is a singles artist through and through. I don't know. Future Sex Love Sounds was pretty great. It was Timbaland before we all got tired of Timbaland. Timbaland was really great before we all got tired of Timbaland. We got tired of him so fast, though. Yeah, he made 400 records in a year. I don't have that kind of emotional energy. Everywhere. He really was. Kind of a weird homogenous glaze over, like, this is 18 what... months of <laughs> pop music. Yeah, this is what 2006 sounds like. Oh, right, 2006. Just all sounds like Timbaland. But, like, not for no reason. He was he good was, at making was... a very specific kind of pop. And that's what 2006 wanted. Yeah, I have several records that he produced. <laughs> I'm sure I am very familiar with a ton of singles that he was responsible oh, for. Oh, I guarantee it. And that is, unfortunately, cutting against contemporary pop deliberately the way this Carly Rae Jepsen record does, makes it more timeless, but also maybe is why it didn't hit quite as hard as it was coming out. I think that probably has a fair amount to do with it. There are absolutely pop singles on it, but I don't think any of them blew up quite the same way that a lot of pop singles now are. But I think overall it's probably a better record from beginning to end than... Certainly most of the pop records from 2015 that I listened to. Yeah. It's a record that requires time to grow on you. Definitely. In a genre... That isn't designed Where artists to, are not given that time. Isn't designed to occupy a great deal of time. They're designed for moments more than an experience, I think. Yeah. That would be fair to say. I will also say, set your alarm in the morning to play this record in its entirety if you want a really smooth waking up experience. That would be a much better choice than my current alarm, which is Godzilla screaming at me. Yeah, yeah. It eases you in, brings you up enough that you're capable of functioning, and then gets you ready emotionally to face whatever your day has to go. It's a very successful wake up. I would highly recommend it to you. I would highly recommend it to everybody listening. I've got an 8 a.m. class tomorrow morning. Yeah, give it a shot. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to do that and see if I, uh, if I feel less like shit for that class than I typically do. Nice. Yeah, I know that it was not designed for that, but also if I were told that it was designed for that for some reason, it would not shock me at all because it, it does give you that kind of emotional arc to ease you into your day. No, I think, that, I think that's going to feel a lot better at quarter after six tomorrow morning. Than being screamed at? Probably. Yeah, dude, that's on you. That's you sabotaging your own happiness. You have to have known that just being straight up screamed at was not the best way to wake up. It's effective. I am 100% awake. Dude, set your alarm for the final countdown by Europe. No, that, that'll set my day off on a bad track. Set your alarm for Eye of the Tiger from Rocky. Better. Like, there is so much music that you could set your alarm for, but... Also, all of it is better than just screaming. Maybe this is the mistake I've been making in my life. Pay George Takei may, to mean, say, It's time I'm, to wake up, Daniel. I mean, may, maybe only getting four hours of sleep has a lot to do with it, but maybe getting screamed at first thing in the morning isn't helping either. Yeah, it's not a great emotional space to occupy. Who, who needs that in their life? All right, we'll, we'll test this out and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I'll, test uh, it out with Carly Rae. I'll report back. And all of you at home, do the same. And also buy this record. And also listen to it. But also, real talk, buy it. Because we are 
in very late stage capitalism and art reflects what people are willing to pay for. And I really want to make it crystal clear to Carly Rae Jepsen, if she hears this somehow or from a sudden upswing in purchases of her record, that we want more music like this and not more music like Call Me Maybe because this is killing it and I can listen to it all day long. This has been the soundtrack to a life. I have been Chris. I will absolutely be listening to this record again. I'm going to need to be in a very specific mood for it, but I'm in that mood fairly often, and it's going to stay in my rotation for a while, and I'm looking forward to seeing what she does next. I also went back and listened to her first album, Kiss, to see if I was missing out on something there, too. Didn't like it nearly as well, and I'm less likely to go back to that, but this one's crushing it. And it seems like a really productive vein of pop for her to mine. And I hope that she explores it further. Because Emotion was a goddamn delight. Follow us on Twitter at SoundtrackCast, on Facebook at SoundtrackCast, on our website, also at SoundtrackCast. Like us, review us, share us, respond to the various posts there. Daniel, do you want to push it in? Sure. If you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, I am at Freak Pirate. You can come see me, well, probably not on skates, but around um, at the Calgary Roller Derby Association. And if you enjoyed this album, and I think that you should, you should also check out the uh, latest single that Carly Rae Jepsen put out, which is Cut to the Feeling. It is very much in the same vein and is also excellent. Is it? Yes. Nice. I, 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 I highly the, recommend it. I'm going to listen to that the second that we're done. Excellent. And we're going to play out on I Really Like You by Carly Rae Jepsen, because it is a great example of bubblegum done right. This has been the soundtrack to a life. Enjoy the next couple of weeks. I will see you next month. But I need to tell you something. I really, 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 really like you. I want you. Do you want me? Do you want me to?